Welcome back, everyone, to the Let's XP Geek and Gaming podcast, where tonight we have a bonus special episode, something new we're trying out every time these big blockbuster movies come out. We don't want to have to wait till the next episode to talk about them. So we're going to start doing these bonus episodes, which we just do the review, no trivia, no like news, nothing like that. This is strictly review related. I'm here with my man Mondo, and we will be talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. How's it going, Mondo? It's going good, dude. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm psyched. You know, like Marvel movies, they just they I'm always excited when there's a Marvel movie. And I've been absolutely I I stayed off social media a fucking full (laughs) week before this. Joe Boy spoilers. And, And it's tough. It's tough out there because like, yeah, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, those are probably gonna spoil you. But sometimes it's in the weirdest places. Like I can't go yeah. on YouTube. I can't go on YouTube because inevitably I'm gonna one of the people I follow is gonna be like, here's the post credit scene with a picture of the fucking, you know, correct, you know, X-Men or whatever is gonna be in that movie. And, or the news. I can't even look at the goddamn news because it'll say like, you know, Ant-Man review, and it's gonna have a picture of the future big, of you know? the like, future fuck. of MCU following Quantum Mania. Yeah, like, so I managed to avoid it this time. Thankfully, I went in fully unspoiled, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah, so listeners, beware, though. I am not holding back on anything I'm talking about. So if you have not seen the movie, don't listen to this yet. Come back to it after you have, because no filter here. So you saw it at the time of this recording. You saw it yesterday, which was like Sunday. And I saw it at 3 o'clock the day before it released. Uh, So I, I I had a little bit of a head start on you. And I know I was sending you messages, and I was like, dude. You just wait. So before we get into discussion about it, though, with your permission, I just want to know, what the hell did you think? Because you didn't tell me anything. You wouldn't answer until now. So I specifically didn't tell Mondo anything, how I felt about it, because I want to be a surprise. It makes for a better reaction. And I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) Is it great? Like, top-level Marvel? No. No. Uh, There's a lot of messy shit here. But it's a whole lot of movie. And... If you've listened to our podcast, you know I love the weird side of Marvel. So this plays right into my wheelhouse. I love the space shit and the really like obscure stuff. Um, yeah, I mean I love the grounded stuff too. But this is where I used to read comics. That's why Galactus is my favorite villain. You know, it just I really like this shit. That's why I was so drawn to the Fantastic Four as a kid because they go into the quantum realm, they go into space. Yeah. Go, so I was yeah, it was so cool. And they, I like that Marvel just doesn't hold back anymore you know if a character is fucking goofy looking they're like fuck it this is what put them on screen (laughs) yeah exactly and we're going to talk about that a lot with especially modok uh modok oh my god but yeah no overall though i loved it what about you you know what i know that there's a lot of naysayers out there obviously we're in an era now where things that aren't universally accepted get review bombed or people just do it because you know they're fucking assholes. For me, I, I'm kind of like twofold because I started watching these movies before my kids were born. Now I have two kids and watching it side by side with them and seeing their enjoyment, like I've said before in our podcast, that it brings back that feeling of being a kid. And I think that's kind of what you need to go into with these MCU movies. If you start hating it, I get it. If you have fatigue like Todd does all the time with these movies, I get it. But I think for me personally, 
as long as you have that little portion, that little kid inside of you still, you'll find a way to love these movies. Is it the greatest MCU entry? No. I mean, I, I honestly don't think it's, I think this kind of this new phase is introducing so much to us, right? Brand new stuff, multiverse and stuff. I don't think Thor Love and Thunder hit as high as things like Ragnarok. Um, I don't, I like the first two Ant-Man and the Wasp movies, Ant-Man movies. This one, it re- it was sole purpose was to introduce story and give you direction on where we're going. So because of that, you have to fill a lot into a little. Um, wasn't exactly my favorite, like I said, but I I enjoyed it, man. It was so much fun. Other than my ass hurting in the movie theater because the chairs there just are not the greatest. But, you know, save me uh, $60 for two tickets and, you know, you pay with what you get. But yeah, I love that thread too, dude. I love that MCU has that thread that runs through all its movies because in the opening of this one, if you don't mind for me starting to jump into it, in the opening of this movie, it opens with Janet stuck in the quantum realm, you know, which is something we discussed in Ant- or just discussed in Ant-Man 1, falls into Ant-Man the Wasp, but then here you're seeing that. And when you see that fucking ship, dude, the arrival of Kang, what were your thoughts, man? What did you feel like in that fucking moment? It was awesome, right? It was cool to see kind of what the quantum realm really looked like. We've seen like bits and parts of it in the two Ant-Man movies. We saw it a little bit in Endgame, um, but it was cool to really like get to explore it. And I, I'm Kang is a, such a big fucking character that I was just waiting for him to show up on screen, right? And you get him briefly <laughs> right in the first scene, and then you don't see him for 47 minutes, uh, which is a long time of him not being there, although they talk about him the whole time they never actually show him again. Uh, And I was just, it was cool to get to see him. And I I knew that that was the start of something like special, right? It was, it was a cool first scene. Yeah. I loved how they gave like Janet meeting him, going to help him. um, And then kind of like when you go back and forth, you get back to the scene with Jane helping him build, build his multiversal core, which is essentially what he utilizes to travel through the multiverse. Um, I love that he had that neural link to his chair which was inevitably what made her realize like who he truly was and that she sees all this and they show it to us you know they give us these glimpse of him just fucking destroying and you see the incursions that are being destroyed by him like that was fucking cool man to to see this because we know king is gonna be a big thing i mean fucking avengers 5 is king dynasty right and 6 uh with secret wars is also probably gonna be king I still think, I don't know. I, I still, I guess I'm still up in the air with Secret War because I have a feeling. Yes, it may. Well, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. I have a theory too. So we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Oh, maybe we'll have the same one. Maybe. Um, but is, is Paul Rudd not like the perfect casting for fucking Scott Lang? Perfect. Perfect. Because him walking down the street, like the minute it segues to that, I'm already like, I'm feeling this. I love. He doesn't age. I mean, maybe he shows a little bit more in this movie, but it's Paul fucking Rudd, dude. And you start getting all these callbacks like, oh, I'm a, when I saved the world, da, 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 reading from his memoir. Jimmy Woo was in it very, yeah, very, briefly. very briefly, but that, with a little magic that, trick too. <laughs> but it bugs me out because I want to know what the hell happened to Jimmy Woo after WandaVision. You know, oh, like yeah. what, and who the hell was the missing person that we never got? <laughs> you know, right. that just starts going through my head, but. Oh man, I loved seeing Scott Lang again, him doing what he's doing. And Kat, what did you think about the Cassie? Because we know she got recast mm-hmm. since Endgame, and now we have a new actress for her. 
what did you think about that casting choice? Um, just for the beginning parts of this movie when you first uh, were introduced. I, I, I like Catherine Newton. Uh, she played the lead in Freaky, which is a pretty yeah. cool horror movie. So I get it, right? Like when you have that big of a character, I, I think when they did Endgame, they kind of just cast someone who looked like an older version of what she looked like in the original right, Ant-Man. Uh, and then when they realize, okay, we're going to make a full-fledged story with her. We need like an actual capable actress. I don't know. I, like I'm not judging the person who was there before. I don't know her at all. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I totally get it. And I think she was great. She's very charming. Uh, she looks smart. You know, she she like plays her role really well and uh, yeah i liked her you know it's kind of weird maybe it's just me but i think with some of these movies the thing that kind of takes a little bit away from me is how everybody in the family is smart all of a sudden you know (laughs) like like scott was a thief right but over the course of two movies and or the couple movies he was in before this you know he's smarter than what we knew him as a thief obviously michael douglas's character is hank pym and and um, Evangelina Lilly as, um, fuck, what's her name in the movie? Uh, Hope Van Dyne. Hope Van Dyne. I, I don't know why I forgot it. Like, everyone's smart. And then you got Cassie, who was not necessarily exposed to the tech side of all this stuff. But now in this movie, she's of the smarts to where she's creating this device, which ultimately is like the MacGuffin that takes us into the quantum realm, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I created this. Da, 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 da. Um, I thought that was kind of like, eh. I knew they were going to get to the quantum realm. I knew they needed a method. I just wasn't sure that that was one that I, I, I don't know. I think they could have did that a little bit better, but I also thought it was pretty cool that you thought you created something for good and you ended up fucking things up. And why would Janet keep that secret this whole time? What do you think about that? I, I think she, she's just really afraid of Kang, right? Like she knows the potential of how bad of a disaster uh, Kang could create to, to the world. Now she lets, Scott go back in time, you know, in other yeah. films and like doesn't that really have in Ant-Man of the Wasp. She's like, she actually sends him into the fucking machine, like, okay, yeah. you know, go re- go retrieve some particles and we'll uh so I don't know. But the quantum realm is also like complex where yeah. it's what we saw is like the proper quantum realm where time is the same as in like Earth, but there's also the time vortex, which is a yes. different part of the quantum realm, which is where the Avengers go through to go through time so that's a whole other thing and then there are other parts of the quantum realm like where scott was stuck during the events of endgame which is also in the time vortex you know it's like it's not a you can explain things differently basically you know the quantum realm is so complicated and vast that yes it's fine yeah which which i think is kind of a a hard sell for marvel because you have to kind of explain this in layman terms and sometimes I'm like, how many fucking realms? And what's different than, how is a realm different from a dimension? And what the hell is the probability storm? What the hell is going like? It's all technical. And I think it's a very careful thing that they weave. And I think they've done a pretty good thing. And Reddit has helped explain it to me a lot uh, lately. But, um, you, you know, you see the characters, the actors all get sucked into this quantum realm, right? Um, they get separated, which is typical of these movies, right? You can't just have them together the whole time. Um, but what were your initial thoughts on the quantum realm itself? Because I thought visually it was pretty fucking stunning to to see it develop the way that it is. Yeah, it felt almost more Star Wars than Marvel to me because it's all like alien creatures and stuff like that. We haven't seen that much of that outside of maybe the Guardians of the Galaxy, which should have quite a bit of creatures. So it was cool to see how different the creatures looked in the quantum realm. I think the quantum realm itself looks really cool. And, you know, this is one thing that might throw people off. 
you can't do this practically, right? It has to be green screen. And it it looks amazing, I think, but it also doesn't look super real because it is such a abstract place. Uh, but I thought it looked like a fun place to be. Like I love the buildings that are alive, and I love that you can like drink juice that basically translates everything to English. Yeah, we can hear them. Drink the juice. Drink the juice. <laughs> oh. You know that was one of my favorite parts is when they like, went into the quantum realms. You see these aliens and stuff going around, which are basically like things that maybe we kind of familiarize like there was like slug like things there was these praying man not praying mantis um the fucking what are those things in the water man the man oh, race like, yeah 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 like those things and it a was pretty uh, cool a broccoli a broccoli you look like a broccoli broccoli <laughs> oh shit i love the natives though on this because like you said it reminded me a lot of star wars with the diversity um my favorite one obviously i think is a huge favorite for everyone in this movie uh was veb which was the little jo- I don't have holes. How many gun. holes do you have? Which was hilarious because I can guarantee you, everyone in the audience when they heard that he has seven holes, we're like one, two, three. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're right. I do. Uh, on the um, ride back with my wife, she was like asking me. She couldn't figure it out. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Well, let me tell you. Um, and I love the telepath quaz i thought he was really cool addition to this movie um and and the lady the the main chick uh, i think her name was gentora she was uh, like the leader man i don't know what it was about her but i was like not only can you play this role as a tough chick but you're not bad to look at either so i'm kind of was was it just me or was cassie really into her too there's a scene in particular Uh where she almost seemed like she was interested in her in a different way and maybe she was, I, I kind of took it a little bit more as like that leadership quality, but it could be both ways, you know, like, Hey, here's a woman who's a leader and you know, she's not, not that bad, but that whole introduction was pretty cool to see these people. But the one introduction that got me thinking of you in this movie and also gave me nightmares of a previous review of ours that we did was the introduction, which you know they had to go big for, was your boy, Bill Murray, as Krylar. Yes. I know you got your guy, your giggles out and everything. So I had a theory about him, which unfortunately ended up being wrong. But I would have loved that. What was I, that theory? I thought he was related to um, Jeff Goldblum and... Oh, uh, uh, okay. And the Collector. Like a Celestial's. Uh, you know, because the collector and Jeff Goldblum's character, I forget what Jeff Goldblum's name is in uh, Thor. He's uh, the, uh, fuck, he, uh, I'll find well, it right now. Yeah, so him, okay. I thought this was like a family of people who happened to lead each of their respective like places. You know, so you have the collector who's leading kind of uh, nowhere. Then you have him who's leading the junk planet. And then you have him who would be leading, other than Kang, of course, the quantum realm. The Grandmaster. Grandmaster. So I thought that would have, I thought they were connected because they're all kind of goofy actors. You know, they have kind of their own like aura of them. Uh, so, but he wasn't anyway. I thought that would have been cool. So I liked him. You know, he's very, he's not in it for much. So just that's unfortunate because I really like that character. But I wasn't he's mad. So, he's so charming, <laughs> man. I, I, I love Bill Murray. He's so fucking funny. Uh, and I, I kind of like what they did, like how he's like eating those slug things. And that's ended up what. You know, getting him at the end. Getting him but at the when, end. Didn't kill him. You don't see a dead body, though. You don't nope. see a dead he, body. He doesn't though. eat him. You don't see him eat him. So, yeah. He could, he could still be alive down there. 
I know that he was heavily rumored to be Scott's dad um, yeah. in early leaks for this movie, but I'm glad that they went with Krylar. I'm glad that they went with Jane, Jared, Janet's fucking old fling. And that was such a weird part of the movie because they were like, well, I was stuck here for 30 years. I had needs. And then Michael Douglas, like, I had needs too. And it was just that whole like exchange, like this movie. I, I, I like Hope's reaction to it. Like, it was like, well, oh, I don't this. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear this shit. I thought that was really cool because it still injects humor, but I got to get this like negative part out of the way was I really felt that at multiple, maybe at least two or three times, this movie kind of dragged a lot, you know, where I get, you have to set up the story, give the background. They kept alluding to like, I was like, dude, they keep talking about the conqueror, the conqueror, the conqueror. And I feel like I've been sitting here for three hours as they're talking about this with no, nothing given back yet. So that out of the way, like I said, it just felt like at this time, like when I was sitting there, the, the movie just would not, it was just stuck in like a rut and it was no moving forward. Did you ever, did you feel that at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I need, that will reflect on my score later, but th- I think the problem with this movie is, and this is going to be a problem for the MCU going forward that I'm not sure how they're going to fix is that so you had Thanos for the first three phases as the big bad. And when we yeah. finally got Thanos, it was simple. He wants to destroy half the universe because there aren't enough resources to support everyone, right? Correct. Crystal clear, this is his motivation. Kang is a motherfucking complex-ass character. And people yeah. are going to have a hard time understanding what his deal was. And I think they they needed this entire two hours, basically, to try to explain to people what Kang is all about. And I think that's why this movie drags is there's a lot of exposition as to how time works, what are incursions, what are the multi- what's the multiverse, how does Kang fit into the multiverse, where, you know, it's just like, it's a lot of stuff to talk about. And that means there's a lot of talking and not a whole lot of doing. Right. And so, so explain to me then, like, how does this Kang differ, I guess, more or less from the comics and in this movie? his conquering was due to the incursions and stuff right like it wasn't just like i want to go conquer this timeline because i can he was doing it because he got tired of everyone meddling if i'm understanding correctly with meddling with the timelines causing incursions yeah so basically he's the one who has the balls to do something about the incursions that other kangs you know don't have the energy don't want to do so the best way I can explain it, you have a line of people and they're going up, let's say, like down a thing with two fences, okay? They're just walking down a path, two fences on each side. That's a t- that's a regular timeline. And all of a sudden, people start veering off the fucking timeline, stepping on the grass, you know, killing some stuff. Like, it, it becomes a mess. This Kang will kill those people to keep the timeline in check. Whereas you also have to, someone else will think, well, you just can't kill people. That's That's awful. That's still a person. You know, but now you're talking about entire fucking timelines that he's killing off really yeah. to try to fix the timeline, but it's still a fucked up thing because you're still killing these entire civilizations and universes. So right. Kang's not at his core a bad guy. He's just trying to essentially fix, you know, the timeline that's being all fucked up. Um, but so the other Kangs don't agree. Would you say that it's safe to assume then, given the events of Loki season one? He who remains was the only king in existence that kept the sacred timeline in check. But once Sylvie killed him, that created the variance that he alluded to being 
Kang the Conqueror we see in this movie and other things we'll talk about. But once he who remains was killed was when Kang variants became a thing, which leads us to Quantumania movie. Uh, no, because the he who remains talks about the variants in his speech. Uh, there okay. they they had already had um, the, the, the multiversal war, war, the multiversal war between the Kangs, right? Which is this is the result of that war is they exiled Kang the Conqueror. Um, gotcha. So, but he who remains built a system to keep the timelines in check. This okay. he who remains is essentially he was a top the, the, tier one. He's essentially the band aid that was holding back the multiverse, right? Gotcha. And when he died, that opened up that wound, and now all the work that the other Kangs have done are starting getting undone because not only do you have Sylvie who killed he who remains, you have you know Doctor Strange who fucked up the multiverse to help Peter Parker. And then you're yeah. having all these other branches and it's just exploding the timeline. And Reed Richards explained that, you know, he knew about the incursions because, of course, uh, the Kangs are related uh, related to Reed Richards. Nathaniel Richards. Yeah, yeah, Nathaniel Richards. So he knows that this is this is creating a problem. You know, Which this I can't Kang, wait to talk about that at the end. because yeah. that... And this Kang's trying to fix it. So that's basically what's going on. So I'm kind of circling back real quick again to Loki season one, when he gets into the uh, the house of he who remains, there's the three statues, one that's broken safe to assume that the one that's broken may be okay. the King of the Conqueror, Conqueror that was, and I was think, banished. I think the other three statues are the other three Kings we see at the end. Yeah. So we, so we're in the quantum realm. Uh, Kryler comes out that he, Hey, Janet, you left us here. We suffered. I joined forces with King. He wants to talk to you. Um, then we get to basically the introduction of King with Scott Lang and Cassie Lang. I'm going to be the first to say that Jonathan Majors being casted as King the Conqueror is, he is, I mean, Thanos was great. Josh Brolin as Thanos was great CGI character, but the voice for jo- um, for, for Thanos was amazing. But to see a physical representation, Jonathan Majors taking this role, mind-blowing because he's so good in it and fucking act comic accurate as hell looked amazing as kang when he's in full gear with the blue uh face mask and everything i have chills because that is fucking <laughs> kang you know that's yeah. the kang that i list that i read when i was a kid and played in video games and you know saw in like tv stuff it, it, it was super cool to see a fully realized kang that actually looks like what he would in the comic and, and well, Jonathan Majors portrays him so fucking well. And what I found interesting was that Kang himself isn't necessarily uh, a mutant or anyone with powers. It's his suit that gives him the powers, but that suit alone, I mean, that's the only thing he was left with once Janet banished his, uh, his core and everything. But that suit alone, I mean, you saw him flicking freaking Ant-Man, like no problem telekinesis, um, all this stuff, dude, like he was kicking their ass with flicks of his finger. And if that is any indication of what he's going to become moving forward, like I have some real reservations about what's going to happen to these Avengers. Cause this dude, I mean, granted Ant-Man doesn't really have powers either. It's his suit. Right. But goddamn, Jonathan Majors was just such an imposing, great fucking actor. So yeah. Um, Kang was- is essentially what Iron Man would become. If, if he had lived evil. another thousand years, you know, if he had Damn. had time and everything, because you see, like Iron Man one, his suit to fucking Endgame, 
Like, yeah. goddamn, if you give him another thousand years of developing his technology, and this it's basically that's what Kang is, right? He's a, one of the smartest people in the universe who built all this technology and is utilizes it to travel the multiverse. And this movie essentially turns into a heist type deal again right. because As he Ant-Man needs would. correct because he needs Ant Man to go back and reverse all the damage that Janet did and bring back his uh, multiversal core. Um, they talk about oh, you know what? Let me actually circle back. Modok. Oh yeah, Modok because. I saw leaked images for Modoc, and I know that people were like, what the fuck? It looks stupid. I, I'm going to admit, I went into the movie thinking, I'm, I can't wait to see Modoc, but I'm not going to be hyped about it. I absolutely like fucking Corey Stola's Modoc. I mean, I don't know any other way you can CGI a big fucking head and get away with it. But the fact that it didn't take itself so seriously and it was talked about, and I mean, Corey stole as Modoc made a lot of this fucking movie for me. I fucking enjoyed every minute Modoc was on screen. I mean, Modoc is a fucking ridiculous looking character to begin with. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that they're like, we're gonna give you fucking Modoc. Like yeah. the way that you know him in the comic, minus the hair. That's the only thing difference, which I kind of yeah. miss the hair. But anyway, that's all that's just a nitpick really. <laughs> uh but I get it, you know, because he was bald, they can't just give him hair all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh and at first, when you first first see him without the without the the armor, I was like, "Ooh, I don't know about yeah. this." But I got used to it real quick. And yeah. when he started actually talking, and you get to his personality, and you see his backstory and everything, then I started really like. And I fucking love that character. Now, of course, he dies in the movie. I hope. I mean, it's the multiverse, right? Did so he though? He'll come back. Did he though? Because you see the design of Modok, right? And when the first thing that stuck out to me was the the little yeah, the fucking heart, life the heart monitor. monitor yeah and and at the end and i told myself that's gonna play like an integral part like every movie does something and at the very end yeah it's red but it still has heart I, activity I thought it going on. But, i thought um, it did too but to me when i saw it it still had very little lines i don't think it's the last we see modok you know what though he, I, I think he's gonna end up being a variant because I Maybe. think eventually we're gonna get the proper Modok, the one that's gonna be the you know creative armor wars. Yeah, like yeah, I think we might get like a regular Modok at some point. He's just a variant of that character. I love the running joke of uh what were they kept saying? Darren? Is that right. you? <laughs> yeah. Darren? No, Darren's dead. I'm Modok. Da-da. And then at the very end, you know, where she's like you're a dick. He's like, don't be a you're dick. a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> like, I was like, this shit is fucking hilarious. But oh, you know what the funniest Modoc part is? When we see what? the nude little Modoc from the back. Yeah, his little butt. <laughs> I his fucking butt. laughed so hard. And it how reminded making me fun of... of his little arms, his little legs. It's just, oh my god. It reminded me of Deadpool too when he gets ripped in half by Juggernaut and he has to yeah. regrow his legs and stuff. Right, right, right. like, oh, that's, that's such a funny part. That's Wrong, so but funny. funny. <laughs> I loved. Modoc's introduction it was a little rough but again uh you it grows on you quick and i'm glad you said that because the same exact scene that you're talking about when you first see him without the mask i was like oh this is rough but then it's like subsequently as it went on you're like i don't care this is fun yeah um and what do you think of his suit like his armor i thought he was pretty cool i i i mean is it comic book accurate like point for point no but it's really incomparable you know it's really it's right on point you know who it is when you see it unlike i know people are talking about like the costume design choices for wakanda forever for the midnight sisters right and, right 
and Riri Williams, but I loved it. I loved the weapons that he was able to call off the pink blast and stuff. I, which I, I loved the fucking blast with his little like uh, diamond yeah. on his head. I love that shit. So, so much. cool. When he did that shit, I was like, yeah, it's fucking Modoc, dude. Like, yeah. I loved it. But... It was Modoc. Honestly, they fucking nailed Modoc. And I, I was thrilled because that's one of those characters you see and you're like, I don't know if we'll ever see this character because they're not going to have the balls to do it. Not only, and not only is Modoc a new introduction to this movie, but it's a reintroduction of Darren Cross. Darren Cross yeah, from the who first was, one. Yeah, who was the, what was his name in the first one? Oh fuck! It was, she says, um, she says yeah, I killed, I was killed uh, by a bee. Not Hornet. It was a Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket. So from fucking Yellow Jacket to Modoc, which I thought was cool. But like I was saying before we went back to Modoc, you get the the heist where he has to go back, shrink down, and go and basically get this multiversal core again. I really like this probability storm because he's like, "Hey, Darren, come in, Darren, Modoc." Yeah, what's up? <laughs> it was like, yeah, so hilarious. But to see Scott starting to break like double, you know, and then yeah, when you variance. got with this variance, and then when you got the fucking Dairy Queen fucking <laughs> the Baskin fucking, Robbins. Baskin Robbins, so excuse me. Baskin Robbins. No, yeah, sorry. <laughs> the Baskin Robbins fucking Scott Lang. Dude, it was it was so cool to see that because to play on the fact that it's not just variants. But we're gonna put so many on them that we're gonna mimic the ants, which this movie is. I mean, he's Ant Man. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of ant uh, ant activity in this movie. Correct, and I really loved that scene. How everything was just falling apart. Every variant was doing their own thing. Even uh, when the wasps got there, same thing for her. Right, mm-hmm. Scott starts seeing and experiencing different things, and just when you think, like every superhero movie does, where they have this moment of potential failure, they all start thinking alike like a hive mind right yeah no he's doing it for cassie he's doing it for cassie come on we got to get him to the top like it's maybe not as significant for other people but watching that i was like this is fucking cool you know because we do know how much cassie means to him we do know he's fucked up and like he's told cassie like i've messed up my whole life but the one thing i never got wrong was you like right. it builds on that family story too which this is very much a part of this this movie right. so um i loved seeing that dude i loved seeing that big ant-man fall apart like fantastic mr uh fantastic did yeah exactly. which i was like there's got to be a reason behind that too right it has to be yeah the unraveling uh, scene has to be yeah but i i want to say that one of the coolest things was him getting that core back mm-hmm. you know uh kang reneging on his deal which we all saw was coming course, right right um, the big old fight. I mean, the whole uprising battle I thought was really cool. It was so much Star Wars for me. Like that's what yeah. it felt to me. It was all Star Wars, all kinds of aliens. Um, I don't know, expand on that, man. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it's like crazy. But yeah, that and then it kind of leads us to our final like big battle scene, I guess. Um, which I I thought was cool. You know, I kind of wish we saw Kang fight more. Yeah, that like was he, a... he doesn't fight very much. He kind of sits there a lot for this movie and talks. Um, yeah, but he I, does blast a lot of motherfuckers with his yeah, yeah. like time blast. It's like, and it was like pruning. It's like he was pruning them from the timeline, right? Yeah, yeah, it exactly. seemed that way. Yeah, the the way they were kind of disappearing was interesting. Uh, it was good. Like I I loved that whole battle. I liked the kind of you know fucking Avengers moment where they're about to lose, and then the ants, which had been transported. <laughs> with uh you know the whole family into the quantum yeah. realm at the beginning and they actually traveled into the multiverse a thousand years so they got super intelligent by the time they got I back to the quantum realm. I love that scene dude. Yeah. I love the fact that 
Michael Douglas comes walking down and all these fucking ants come and he starts explaining that like, oh, they experienced a thousand years of evolution in like an hour. Right. And again, I think that leads into a little bit of one of my what may happen uh, for the future. But to see those ants come, because again, Ant-Man movie, we haven't seen many ants up until then. That was so fucking cool. They were fucking king up, dude. Right. Yeah, it was, cool. it was such a cool scene and a cool way to like explain how they defeat Kang in this particular scenario. Defeat kind of. Quote. Yeah, of course, because we all know the Kang dynasty was coming and this is the big bad going forward. Um, so yeah, so they end up just going into a portal, uh, going back to Earth, but then Scott has to stay back because he has to fight Kang. Kind of yeah, that was cool. One on one, he nice, was outmatched. Uh, yeah, there was a nice callback. So in the comic, he does the same kick that he does to Ant-Man's helmet, oh, but he does it to Spider-Man in the comic. Okay. And yeah, it was just cool to see Kang kind of fight and show that he's a badass even without the suit. You know, he's fucking, obviously, John Majors is jacked as shit. He, Fuck yeah, he, he, he is, did dude. like Creed 3 right after this. So yeah, you yeah know it, was, it was awesome. That line's going to re- resonate with me forever, you know, with the whole you know, I don't need to win. We both right. just need to lose. Like that is such a perfect line for that because you, you know, like Scott has done what he's wanted to. He's rescued his daughter mm-hmm. and he's, his, his, he's done on a real, real life. You know, he may, he may be done. This might be the last we see of Ant-Man. He's going to die. Right. Um, which I think also kind of took away for the ending for me personally, because I think I had read somewhere that the ending was that Scott was going to get stuck in the quantum realm. Mm. But in this one, it's like, we have no way to bring them back. And then, okay, well, here, let's do this. Let's type in a few things. And, yeah. hey, we open the portal up again. Now Scott can go yeah, back. So, so that doesn't make sense. So first, I I thought, I didn't think they would kill Scott. Because I'd heard, that's the only thing I knew before. I'd heard a rumor they were already working on Ant-Man 4. Correct. Uh, Kevin Feige even almost fucking spoiled it on the red carpet. He's like, <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, I'm excited about doing this. In fact, we even started talking about, and then he stopped, and he said, no way, I can't say that. That's a spoiler. And I think what he was about to say is that they're already developing Ant-Man 4. Um, but when Wasp came back out, which we, she was in this movie, we barely talked about her, but she was yeah, in this movie, uh, despite her being in the title, when she yeah. came back out, I thought she would die. And the reason I thought she would die is because she's very controversial for Disney, and I thought yes. they were going to kill her off to kind of get rid of that negative you know stigma uh, kind of stigma that she's been doing especially lately uh but no in fact she just comes back and lives and you're right so the reason that the machine that cassie built fucked up in the first place was because modok opened the uh, uh fucked around with he was the on signal. the other end of it yeah so one of two things happened either you're right modok is alive and he's the one who helped them uh somehow reopen the portal or Unfortunately, it would be a pretty weird continuity there. They just like figured out in like five seconds how to reopen the portal. And I is... think it is the continuity error because I think yeah. she, she, because remember, time works differently, right? Right. So he's in the quantum realm, stuck there, we but think, with he's, uh, he's with not in the He's not in the time warp. Correct. But I thought so. the time warp itself was just where time traveling as where I thought the quantum realm. Yeah. Time and physics are different, so maybe him and Wasp being stuck down there for us seemed like seconds, but up there it was enough time for them but, to figure but out. But they're still that. in the same clothes, weren't they? 
they were which is, it's just Ooh, all weird yeah, because because yeah, yeah. it's almost like once cassie and hank and janet go back she's able to like fix the fucking right. sensor and map out where they're at and it, it was just weird and i think it took away from the ending but jonathan major is getting sucked into that um core yeah honestly i don't think he's dead i don't think you no, introduce no. and you don't introduce kang the conqueror and have him go out like i think he's going to go around the same route as those ants did where he's going to experience variants of himself he's going to have all this time pass so he can perfect his shit and i think he ultimately which spoiler leading to our kind of like our ending oh, i was going to talk about this whole thing's a spoilers <laughs> yeah um is the fact that he's going to ultimately yeah like you said king dynasty i think we're going to get what we saw in the end credits, which we're going to talk about in a second here. But I think Jonathan Majors comes back, dominates all of those or what's left of them after Avengers five. And he King the conqueror will be the big bad secret worse. Secret. That's why I think that's exactly what I think. I think uh, Kang dynasty is going to be the council of Kangs and mainly the three Kangs that we see in the post-credit scene being kind of the villains up until the conqueror comes in near the end and essentially helps decimates them yeah helps whoever the avengers whoever are doing it decimate the rest of the kangs and then they think maybe he helped them out but then scott who should be still there will say no wait this is not good <laughs> you know now we only have yeah. one kang and this one kang is going to cause the secret wars which is how that kang is going to end up being the big the big baddie for and just compl- they're going to end the multiverse there apparently because I think it's too complicated and they want to bring it back to one timeline. Yeah. But I think they're going to bring in all the pieces from other Marvel movies that they want to, uh, you know, fix some things from the t- timeline and just go forward from there. I just, even more so with like the ending of the movie with uh, you, you kind of close the movie the same way you opened it where Scott's walking down the street. Right. Um, and he starts talking about like, did I defeat him? Like, did, like he keeps having that doubt and that's basically what the movie ends on. Like, mm-hmm. Did I really do it? Because he told me if I killed him, like he was coming. And I think Kang the Conqueror first saw what was going to happen and just played out the events knowing that seemingly defeated. Here's all the other variants who let's just start diving into that ending. Uh, Council of fucking Kangs, dude. I mean, who do we have? Amortis was yeah. the main one. Uh, Ramatut. Yeah, yeah, and I forget what the third one I is. I think they call it Scarlet that's... Centurion. Okay, the future one there is uh there's a debate going on. I, if that's I don't Scarlet think he Saturn is. Now. Apparently, you see him in the Council of Kangs in a red armor, like his comic accurate. Correct. Armor. So that this one would just might be, be like a, a future Kang. Which I, I'm glad that they showed Ramatut because you yeah. see him on the vest of the character right. in Moon Knight. In Moon Knight. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Mortis, I wasn't too sure. I had to look it up when I got home. It's like who the <laughs> fuck was the guy who talks like this? Right. But when they made the illusion that uh. You know, we banished him, but now they're starting to dabble with the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Like we need to, and I, I was like, holy shit, where are we going to get these Kings popping up with everything coming up? And I think there was a scroll King too, right? At the right. end. And yeah. we have, we have uh what's the one coming up right now on Disney plus shows coming out. Oh, it's a uh, secret invasion, secret invasion. So I wonder how um, is Kang going to play a part in these projects moving forward? Well, we know from the other, one that he's going to play a part in Loki season two. Correct. Uh, from what I Victor heard, timely. Yeah, I think we're going to see Loki and um, Mobius, Owen Wilson, and Mobius go into different timelines to try to see what Kang is up to, try to figure out essentially the riddle so he can help 
you know, the Avengers eventually defeat him. I think that's going to do a lot of the explaining of what's going on, like who these Kangs are, try to explore more like specific Kangs, you know, things like that. So it'll be interesting because they're they're the one show that has access to time. Correct. How excited were you, if at all, when you saw this Council of Kangs and when he says, how many, how many did you call? And he says, all of them. And you Mm -hmm. start seeing them transporting in the same means that we've seen before. Yeah, of course. That's, that's from their ancestor, right? That's how Reed Richards, Reed Richards brought, was brought into the council. Yeah, it was cool. That was a really fucking cool scene. Uh, You know, it's straight out of one of the comics. It's actually a Namor comic, if I remember, that has the council of Kangs. And it was, it was so fucking cool. Uh, but I do have a question for you about the end before we get more into the end credit. Did Scott go back to his own timeline or did he go to an alternate timeline? Because when he goes to the coffee shop, he it's the same guys, everything, but he charges him $12 for the coffee, whereas he had been getting it for free. Why would he start charging all of a sudden? There's no specific reason why he would do that other than him being in a different timeline. I think it was more so of a play on a joke because in the beginning of the movie, he gives him the coffee for free thinking that he's Spider-Man because mm. remember, right. nobody knows who Spider-Man is anymore. That's right. Yeah. And now that he's subsequently figured out that it's not Spider-Man who was his favorite, it's actually Ant-Man. Mm. And he's like, okay. And then it's a play on a joke of how expensive coffee is and people right. divulge in it. So I don't, I think he did go back to his timeline. Um, it's just more so that, he knows his time his timeline is a question he knows that he thought he defeated it but now he knows what the way of time is and how it could be changed that they're still coming and that's when we segue into the end credit and we see yeah. like yeah they're on their way um but i i honestly i enjoyed this movie for the storytelling like i mentioned earlier when we started um i feel like this phase of marvel isn't as strong as our previous ones because Agreed. in our previous ones some of the some of the low ends were maybe like Thor Dark World yeah. or Iron Man 2. Those are typically the first two that people are like, oh, those aren't that good. Incredible. As where with I just watched uh, it incredible. recently. Oh, with the Edward Norton one? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't it's not as super well. Mark Ruffalo in a supporting role is way better than oh, yeah. that Edward. Yeah. But but going into this phase five, I kind of feel like these movies aren't like terrible, dumb, but they're at the strength of they're mid-tier. Those, yeah, they're mid-tier they're, movies. They're all mid-tier, and that was just kind of the problem you know which is kind of one of the questions you told me in our private chat you yeah. wanted me to rank uh some of these movies given the ones that you got so here. I, I want you to rank phase four essentially is what uh i asked you because i'm curious now that we've done we're finished phase four now uh, yeah we're going into phase five what do you think of the phase four movies we've had so far including this one hey i'm looking at the list right now in front of me that you sent me and it's really tough because I can tell you right now, my lowest movie is going to be the Shang-Chi one. Huh, I don't not, know. Not me. <laughs> See, for me, Shang-Chi, like, I'm, again, it's not a terrible movie, but for me, it didn't really resonate as high as I had hoped. Like, it was cool to see the action, and I can't wait to see where that character goes, but it was more like an origin story introductory. Now, after Shang-Chi, starting from the bottom up, I'm going to have to, unfortunately, put uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Hmm. I love Thor as a character. Uh, the introductions of gods and stuff is really cool to me, the avatars. But I feel like that movie just kind of missed a little as were I thought the, I like the first one, but the, obviously the favorite one for all of us is probably going to be Ragnarok uh, because that's oh, for no? Thor's. Yeah. No, I thought yeah, you for, meant this list. Yeah. For, for no, Thor's, no, no, no. Ragnarok for sure. Yeah. 
I feel like this was I feel like this was just a this Thor Love and Thunder was just a little bit better than Dark World, but not as good as Ragnarok. So it's kind of on my low end. Um and this is where it kind of gets tough because I really enjoyed Multiverse of Madness for things, but overall, I don't know, like it just it was cool, but it wasn't high. Like I wasn't like, yeah, it was the best thing ever. I liked the Illuminati. I liked the time travel. I loved Doc, fucking Professor X. Um, but I just feel like that one didn't really hit for me. So Shang-Chi, Lois, Thor, Love and Thunder, Lois, Multiverse of Madness. And then we start getting into movies that I liked. I love Black Widow. I thought it was pretty cool because she's such a grounded character, minimal, like no powers and stuff. And it was cool to see a little bit of callback on her life. So I love Black Widow. And the movie that a lot of people shit on, um, which I don't know why, but I loved Eternals. Eternals is one of my top tier uh, Marvel movies. I love the introduction of them. I loved everything that they did. It's basically a Game of Thrones reunion for the most part. Um, I loved Eternals. And then I'm going to finish off with the three, um, Quantumania being my third, uh, Wakanda Forever being my second because Chadwick Boseman, R.I.P. Man, yeah, I, I love that character. Such a tough watch. Yeah, such a hard movie. And then number one, uh, Spider-Man. I mean, that that fucking movie is the, obviously for me the runaway for for this phase. Yeah, for me, it's your... actually very different from yours. So, which is interesting. So, my bottom is Eternals. I liked it, but it just it's long in some parts. Like it takes a yeah. long time to get some stuff, and there are so many characters that set up that I don't feel like most of them are really developed enough to be interested and they kind of all look the same and i don't know it just didn't hit me as hard uh although i seen the sentinels with like oh my celestial <laughs> sorry not those uh, yeah celestials with... it's got an oscar winner in it now with barry cogan that's right yeah <laughs> uh then black widow uh, i again i really liked it but i guess we had been so much in the space stuff to have such a grounded like really no you know marvel stuff at all in it was kind of like okay you know it's cool it's a great story but and also, I think this is around the time that Scarlett Johansson stuff started popping off. Yeah. And I don't know. I kind of put a sour taste in my mouth with it. But it's still a good movie. Then I went Shang-Chi, uh, which I liked. I thought it was a really cool, you know, different movie. It was an introduction, of course. But I liked seeing kind of that side of the universe. That universe. Then I went to Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I did really like it. I don't think it's my favorite. Like, actually, I think I liked the first Black Panther more. And it just... Uh, it was a little slow at parts, you know, even though it was a super great love letter uh, to Chadwick Boseman. Then I'll go Ant-Man Quantumania, but that could change, you know, when I watch it again, yeah. once it's on uh, Disney Plus or Blu-ray or whatever. Then I'll go Thor Love and Thunder. Even though it was not the best Thor, I had so much fun with it. I can't believe we saw Eternity, like, realize crazy. Uh, the yeah. way he is in the comic. And I had a lot of fun with it. I, I had a smile on my face the whole time watching it. Then Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. I, like I said, I love the weird shit. And that movie, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sam Raimi directed, there were some horror elements. I finally got a fucking small taste of the Fantastic Four in the yeah. MCU. Which, I that's... God, I've been waiting for the Fantastic Four for goddamn ever, so... The right Fantastic Four. The right Fantastic right. And goddamn, like, we're seeing Eternity. We're seeing MODOK. We're seeing all these fucking super weird characters. And I don't, still don't have the first family of goddamn marvel so yep. eventually it's coming you know I'm, i can feel it uh and then of course i'm i'm with you on number one goddamn spider-man no way home i've probably seen it 10 times since it's released i can't get enough of it man i just 
God, I love that movie so much. No, No Way Home for me is the only movie that gets me close to that scene in Endgame. Or oh, yeah, Endgame. It's the only movie that gets me that close with oh, really? Avengers Assemble. That chill, that factor, and oh, stuff I, like that. I, so, I got a few. Um, the Illuminati gives me that that's chill. Cool. Uh, both Professor X. Professor, oh my God! Yeah, just those few little notes. You know, uh, yeah. was was a big one. And also, fucking the scene in Infinity War when Thor comes into. Oh uh, yeah, into you're Wakanda. all in trouble now. <laughs> yeah, with that with that epic Avengers music that scene fucking gets me as I just, well honestly steve i just kind of feel like i mean you know that i had my doubts coming into how they were going to do certain things i am and i don't know maybe it's the machine that marvel has but i feel like there's a lot of threads right now like we've got mm. the introduction of gods and avatars with yeah. thor and moon knight yep. where does that go we haven't even got the supernatural yet we got a taste of it with werewolf by night well, so where does that come yeah. and now with blade coming out yeah. And and then you've got King. Like how how does all this new get molded into something before Avengers King Dynasty? I, I don't think necessarily all of those threads are gonna get into the same all into one movie anymore. I think they're gonna be separate pockets of the kind of like the comics, right? Like the the supernatural part, Blade is gonna do it with Werewolf by Night and all that stuff. That's gonna be a pocket. Then you'll have kind of the space pocket and the grounded like political pocket, like Captain yeah. America, New World Order, and Armor Wars, and that kind of shit. And characters will just weave in and out of their pockets to join in, join forces, right, for certain events. I don't think it'll be a full-scale thing anymore. Um, okay. I do think once we get to the Avengers, we'll have a lot of them, but not all of them. We can't have all of them, right? It's just impossible. I want all of them. Yeah, but I want... filming and... rights, all that shit, like, forget it. You're not going to get all of them, but you're going to get a lot of them. But I don't think that them doing this, they're doing the multiverse for a reason. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I think I think it's because they know they're going to be able to pull off. They're going to give us Endgame times a thousand. And I, I'm i hoping for it. Maybe not. I, t- I keep telling my kids, I think I mentioned this on the last one, is all I want is Chris fucking Evans to crash on the fuck. Is it Chris Evans? Yeah. Captain America um, to jump into the middle of a fucking fight. And everyone be like, whoa, Cap's back, Cap's back, and him be flame on. Yeah. And it'd be like, how cool would that be? Because I I'm I'm I love Marvel. I love what they do with the movies, the shows. Um, but they've got a lot on their fucking plate, and they have two, three years to deliver. Yeah. Because essentially 2026 is Secret Wars. Have we talked about that theory with Dano's snap and what that all did when when the Hulk snapped everything back? No. So apparently, and this is just like a common Reddit um, spoiler theory type thing, but in it's Infinity, no, it's Endgame, when Hulk puts on the fucking glove and he snaps and it does like this rainbow radiation around the world. Apparently, him doing that, that radiation is what causes the mutation in certain people in the world. Okay. And that's why since then we've gotten characters such as Kamala Khan, who has a mutant gene mm-hmm. or Namor who has a mutant gene, because although it existed, it didn't exist as prolifically as Hulk doing that snap. Like it was Hulk yeah. snap that got the mutants. But but I think we're still going to get the X-Men pop into secret wars as a Ooh. full unit, as a full unit. Like I, Before, so specifically for secret wars or yeah, prior, so they can't, 
they, they legally can because of the rights the, the rights. rights yeah that's right 2025 so so the rights for those who don't know is they're allowed to bring in the x-men but it has to be the actors that, that fox used until 2025 so they're kind of stuck in this rut right now which is why we could see professor x because he is the same actor as you that's why we could see wolverine in deadpool same actor same actor but we can't see all the other ones into that right but i don't I've know got... why that doesn't work for fantastic four that's that's the weird because... part right because we already saw reed richards and it wasn't the same as before so i don't know Maybe. what the it's a weird rights issue you know it's, it's... well Fo- i think fox owned the x-men and sony owned and, and fantastic no it's uh it's all okay. that's why when they bought fox they got fantastic four and the x-men out of it. maybe it's a wobbler then i don't know but I, there's so, two there's two other uh theories out there if you want to hear them potential spoiler rumors for the future um patrick stewart came out recently with mm, an interview and said (laughs) that him and ian mcclellan are not done yet yeah so we may be getting ian mcclellan uh magneto and the last one that i read was the potential leader of the avengers going into avengers 5 is not who you think it's going to be it's not going to be captain america i heard it's not sam wilson the rumor is it's going to be Peter Parker, Spider Man. Hmm. It, it could make sense, yeah. right? It's uh, yeah. So he knows everybody, but they don't know him. So yeah. So what I was getting to is that because it's so complicated to bring all the actors from all these properties into one movie for Avengers: Secret Wars, I think we're gonna get basically the whole new cast of the X Men pop in as you know, kind of coming like in and stuff. And Earth Six One Six X Men, probably right. Uh, well, whoever is going to become the yeah. 616 X-Men, right? It's Giancarlo Esposito as uh, Professor, <laughs> as Professor X. X. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, it's it's going to be interesting. And do you think that because Nathaniel Richards in the comics was white, right? And now Kang, who is a descendant, he's mm-hmm. portrayed by Jonathan Majors, he's a black man. Or blue. Do you think, <laughs> or, or, or blue, if he has his armor on. Do you? Well, with no, the, no, some of his variants are blue. That is true. With <laughs> the rumor that they want to cast Sue Storm first before they cast the rest of the Fantastic Four, do you think she could be black? That, it's possible. Do you think she can be black? Absolutely. Yeah. Because... I, mean, I could care less, but I just I'm questioning because it has to have somewhat of a tie to Nathaniel Richards now, right? I mean, they're pretty far apart related, so okay. there's a lot that can happen, <laughs> you know, in that time. Uh, I, I don't know what they're thinking because I, I heard they were casting traditionally for the Fantastic Four. But I mean, to me, as long as they cast someone good, right? It, so no, uh, Seth Rogen is a thing. <laughs> that, that was a, so. I actually kept this on my phone. There was a rumor, and I you probably sent this to me from Reddit. I think I did. Yeah. Uh, of who? Uh, of it was a Quantum Mania um, spoiler, right? And I kept yeah. it for fucking three years on my phone just to bring <laughs> it up when we finally reviewed it. So someone said that they worked on Quantum Mania, which I didn't buy for a fucking second, but he said. <laughs> That they had cast a Fantastic Four, and John Watts, who was the director at the time, wasn't involved in casting, and they were just told about yeah, this. Yeah, was me sent that to you. <laughs> yeah, so I'll read this very short like description. So it was going to be Glenn Howerton as Reed Richards, Kristen Dahl as Sue Storm, Chase Stokes as Johnny Storm, and Seth Rogen as Ben Grimm. John <laughs> yeah. Watts wasn't involved in casting at all, which I find hilarious considering he's directing their movie. Sue and Johnny may appear in projects before ant-man 3 but the whole group is in quantum mania that's why they were cast so early seth rogan was apparently the only choice for ben feige had been pushing him for the role since he had reacquired the rights know nothing about doom don't know 
know nothing about their movie. Don't ask. I only work on Quantum Mania and specifically only know the cast. <laughs> Wrong. So, yeah, it just the whole thing was the whole fucking and then he he says Bill Murray is Scott's dad and their whole other stuff. That's where yeah. Awesome. All wrong. I oh, just you know that's what? why you can't believe the rumors, man. Feige is True. actually really good, like I considering how it, uh, we all had to sit through the fucking credits of this movie, right? Because yeah, watch it. <laughs> God damn, there's a thousand people that work on that movie, and the fact that they don't spoil shit often it's crazy. is crazy. It's pretty impressive. I just want to know with Quantum Manium now, Kang, does that push Doctor Doom out? And if that pushes Doctor Doom out. Does that push Galactus out? Because ultimately, those are two big names that we want in the MCU. That, that's how much a, is that's left? The two big names, like that's the two. Remaining. I know. When two do we get them though? Because well, if one one of them has to appear in Fantastic Four, you know, Mole Man can't be the fucking villain in Fantastic Four. It's got to be Doom or Galactus. Like you have to at this point. And Feige has always said, and this is going back to when he first took over uh, the MCU that he wanted Galactus in his movies. In fact, Disney tried really hard to make a deal with Fox, who had the Daredevil rights at the time, saying, you can keep the Daredevil rights if you give us Galactus and Silver Surfer. Like, they weren't asking for the Fantastic Four, they are just asking for Galactus and Silver Surfer. And they said no, so the rights to Daredevil reverted back to Marvel, they made the show on Netflix. So he has plans for Galactus. But god damn, I'm tired of waiting. It's been 12 I want to see it too, 13. man. Oh my, I'm gonna I, cry. Like, you know, I, I still think Lake Bell from Wakanda Forever in the beginning, the scientist, I it's still think daughter? that she that Dr. she was Doom's working daughter? with Dr. Doom. Yeah, that yeah. she was and that they cut that out of the script at the last minute because she has such a short and weird role. Like you don't even right. know what happens to her for the rest of that movie after that part. So I think Doom is coming first. We might get both. To. We might get both like simultaneously might, or at least a tease to both or maybe just silver surf i don't know i think galactus well, is going to be the last one like he's, he's even the though biggest I, one even though i think doom is technically going to be the big bad for the next phases after kang is done because doom is like the ultimate marvel villain right that's like the but he's that, got the size of the secret wars too yeah exactly but that's, i think so, secret wars is like the rise of doom essentially like through the end of it or do we get do we get that whole introduction of Doom in Fantastic Four, and then he shows up and quote unquote helps our heroes in Secret Wars, but Maybe. ultimately he kills King and takes the throne, which leads into the next, you know, the phases. ultimate ultimate Doom into the next phases until we get Galactus. Who knows? All mm-hmm. I know is I'm ready for more. <laughs> yeah, like Fantastic Four can't come soon enough. <laughs> I just. I need it in my soul. Like I can't wait anymore. It's you only long. got you've literally only it starts filming next year. Yeah, I know. Three more or years. Or this probably at the end of this year. No, because it's supposed to come out. I thought in two thousand. Isn't it like February twenty twenty five now? It comes out before it, right before Avengers yeah. five. I think it's February twenty twenty five, and then Avengers five is like May twenty twenty five. You've got two years. You waited this long, dude. Two, Maybe two you'll still get Jessica Alba. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I hope not. She wasn't that great as Sue Storm. Oh um, man, I can't yeah. wait! It's well, exciting. It's exciting, you know. So up next we have what Armor Wars is? No, not Armor. I mean, a Armor Wars invasion. is a movie. Secret, Secret Invasion, invasion is next, the next, and then uh, Loki season two only this year, supposedly. Loki, and then we have uh, Guardians in May, and we have Guardians in May. The Marvels, uh, the Marvels in, November. in November. The Marvels has got me a little worried because this whole talk about us, 
this segment that they that I keep reading about that is getting negative reception, I think it might kill that movie. And if people is it real? Like that's you know, it it gets talked about so much, and I know that's the rumor thing, and everyone starts talking about the same shit because of that. But I I love Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. I think she's great at it. I love Kamala Khan. Oh, she's great. Um, yeah, I fucking love Kamala Khan. I, I wanted to succeed like all these Marvel projects, but yeah, we've got a couple. We've got at least four things coming out for the rest of this year. Um, I'm looking forward to. It. I know my kids are. Um, but Quantum Mania in itself, just to circle back to what we were, this little bonus is yeah. it was a fun watch. It was not the top tier Marvel mid at best. Uh, for me personally, I rated this a three and a half on uh, on Letterboxd because yeah. I did enjoy it. And I was a smidge higher. I rated a four out of five. I really liked it. Like I had a lot of fun with it. I can't wait to watch it again once it. I need to. Yeah. Disney Plus, and I could watch it. Come. There were a lot of. It was a before. Yeah, the day before a holiday, I saw it. Yeah. A lot of fucking kids' birthday parties and teenagers and shit. (laughs) It was a loud fucking movie. I I just couldn't. So it'll be nice to watch it my own. uh, Yeah. You know, television. Absolutely. When I left the theater, I said I need to watch that again, not because. I didn't understand it, but more that I wanted to understand more of the intricacies that is the multiverse. Cause all I learned is not from comics like you, it's from watching this. So Ant-Man and Quantumania, it's whether whatever side of the fence you are, go give it a watch. Marvel's always fun. It's always intriguing. And if you love Star Wars like I do, you get a lot of Star Wars love inside of there, basically with all the aliens and stuff. But um, I enjoyed doing this little bonus episode. Yeah, and with you, l- let us know if you think we should do these more. So I, I was planning maybe to do one these once in a while in between, you know, because we're every two weeks on a regular podcast, in between podcasts for big releases. You know, I'm yeah. thinking... Quantumania, Indiana Jones, um, you know, whatever big releases there are in the year, just do these kind of mid ones. It's just a review where we just talk about the movie and then we're not off schedule for our regular shows. Absolutely. And maybe, maybe March 1st, Mandalorian season three, when that's all done done with. When it's done. Maybe. Yeah, when it's done. Maybe we could do that because, yeah. you know, Star Wars oh, is I my bread wait. and butter. I can't fucking wait for Mandalorian season three. Oh my God. It's, it's going to be, be so good. Fucking good. It's going to be. Get, we get to great. see Mandalore and it's. Oh, it's going to be. I cannot wait. Mandalorians are my thing, baby. Yeah, no. But, anyways, Ant Man and Quantum Minion, go watch it if you haven't. It's definitely a fun film. It's got laughs, everything in it. And Jonathan Major's sexy bitch. I love him. So, Absolutely. Uh, but that's it for our little nerdy special. Uh, right. We'll catch you guys on the flip side later. Organism designed for killing. For killing.